Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Philippians 1, 7 through 11, called Discerning What is Best. Whenever you proclaim Christ, make a argument for the hope that you have with gentleness and respect, 1 Peter 3.15. When you defend the historic gospel and argue that people should trust in Jesus Christ, in one sense, you're already an apologist. Not that you're apologizing for something. You guys know the definition of apologia is to make a cogent, rational defense for your faith, or as Peter puts it, for the hope that is within you. Amen? With gentleness and respect. Not forgetting that you were lost and you've been found. And so you share as winsomely as you can, but you share with boldness, of course, and confidence in the gospel and in the power of God. And so this is what they shared in. And he says in verse 8, Philippians 1, for God is my witness. It's very rare for Paul to call God as his witness, but he's, he's calling upon God because God is the one who truly knows the inner, quoting another author here, the inner contours of Paul's soul or Paul's heart. Only God really knows what I feel deeply inside. Sometimes I can express it. Oftentimes we'd all maybe say we fall short of expressing how we really feel. Sometimes it's easier for some of us to write it than it is to speak it. Sometimes it's easier to pray it than to share it face to face, whatever idiosyncrasies you might have. But Paul basically says, I want you Philippians to know, because maybe on the receiving end, they're kind of like, why does the apostle Paul feel this way about us? Does he really feel that way? And basically what Paul is saying is, I'm calling God as my witness. How I long for you all. Yes, Paul was Southern, y'all. With the affection of Christ Jesus. I love you. As if or as though, and I think this is reality, with Christ's love flowing through me to you. Don't forget who Paul was. Paul was imprisoning Christians when he was Saul. He was bent on destroying the church. He stood there and and threw literally the black stone and said, Stephen should die as Saul. But now as Paul... He goes all over the Roman world trying to win people to the hope of Christ. And he he says, this love of Jesus that has changed me now flows into my life and out to others. This idea of affection here literally means from the deepest recesses of Paul's uh, soul. Literally, the the, uh, Greek word here is from the bowels. (laughs) And what that simply means is as deep as you could describe something kind of metaphorically is where the feelings come from. Deep in the deepest recesses of my soul, we might say, I love you with the love of Christ. That's personal, isn't it? It's beautiful. And, and Paul is saying, God knows how much I love you. Now, people don't always know how much we 
love them. And so we have to try to share that. Some of you may struggle with telling someone that you love them. Some of you may have a more challenging time expressing your feelings. Maybe you need to write some things down. Uh, But Paul, in writing this inspired letter, says, "I I love you guys deeply. And God knows how deep the love is. God knew Paul's inner heart and inner life, but he expressed it. And uh, I want you to flip over to Philippians 4 for a second. Philippians 4, you can just see, this just another way he expresses it. The very last chapter, he says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, whom I long to see, what does he call them? My joy and crown, in this way stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. Notice, this is where J. Vernon McGee got it. My beloved. Brethren, whom I long to see, you are my joy. You are my crown. In this way, stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. Hold your ground. Because you are my joy, you are my crown. This is an intense yearning. And the Apostle Paul not only yearns for these people, but he wants to be with them again. He wants to return and actually be in person with them again. He deeply desires to be reunited with this congregation. Just take a peek. Look at Philippians 1, 25 and 26 with me. Convinced of this, uh, that he was going to live on, which was more necessary for them. If you read the previous verses, we'll study this in a study ahead of us. But he says, convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith so that your proud confidence in me may abound in Christ Jesus. What's your Bible say? Through my coming to you again. Look at uh, the next chapter, 2, verse 12. So then, my beloved, 2, 12, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And then skip down to verse 23. Therefore, I hope to send him, Timothy, immediately, as soon as I see how things go with me, and I trust, two twenty four in the Lord, that I myself also will be coming shortly. Paul loved these people, but his deep desire was to be reunited with them in intimate fellowship. He expresses that, of course, through the letter, but it's his deep desire to be with them again. I'm going to pause here for a second, and I want to make a point that I want to make carefully, because I'm not looking to offend anybody who has legitimate reasons for watching us on a live stream right now. But I hope you can understand something. Paul didn't say, I hope to Zoom with you shortly. I know the technology wasn't there. He doesn't say, you know, I I hope that we can video chat shortly, although we all appreciate that technology. He wanted to be with these people. See, there is something to being together that is irreplaceable with a screen. And I want to express my concern to you. My concern is that there's a group of believers that have now come under the impression that by watching a service on a screen, they are doing church. But I hope you can see just by the language of the Apostle Paul that that wasn't what Paul was looking for. Paul wanted to be with 
God's people. And there is a irreplaceable reality that in order to touch someone, to hug someone in the, in the days that Paul was living, a holy kiss was the norm. You would kiss somebody when you, it would, and some of you are used to that in your families and others of you back away when anybody has that kind of notion. I get it. <laughs> but here's the deal. There, there was a, an affection in the Lord. In fact, the idea in some parts of the world of the kiss on both cheeks, some scholars trace that all the way back to Jesus himself. They, they actually believe that Jesus may be the originator of the holy kiss and that that's where the church picked it up. And so they, they were very affectionate toward one another. There were holy hugs and holy kisses and, and holding hands and praying and laying on of hands and uh, praying for one another. There was sharing in food. There was a intimacy like you would be, a lot of you guys would be with your own personal family. So it's unimaginable that somehow we would get to the point where we would think a screen would replace that. Now, there, there are going to be times when you may be sick or you can't physically get to church, and it's a wonderful option to have. And, I, and I, here's where I want to be careful. I have had many people tell me what a blessing the live stream has been to them when maybe they were taking care of a loved one or physically they just couldn't get to church. And some people stayed away for obviously understandable reasons during you know, some of the height of COVID and all of that. We understand all that. Here's just my point. I hope you can see that what Paul is saying is that forsaking fellowship together is not an option for him and it should not be an option for us. We've got to be together, brethren. I think when we're together, we're stronger. Amen? I I think we strengthen one another uh, by being together. Now, I know that there is a power that goes out when uh, someone listens to a radio sermon or, uh, you know, takes in a service via live stream. So I'm not not trying to, you know, uh, be down on that. I'm just simply saying there's a beauty in fellowship that is so sweet. And if you are someone that has gotten lazy or someone where the live stream has replaced any personal fellowship you have with other brothers and sisters, I would just say, man, it's time to get back. I'm going to leave it at that. Now, Paul's going to move uh, some of his personal sentiments and obviously inspired by the Holy Spirit into a prayer now. For this church. And we're just going to go up through verse 11. So you'll notice here's his prayer. And I would tell you that this prayer may be a prayer that some of you have never prayed before. Some of this content here hopefully will inform the way you pray from this day forward. Take a look. And this I pray. Now, Paul's in prison. He doesn't say, pray that I would get out of here. Of course, he deeply desires that. But he, here's what he's praying. He prays for them, and he says, I pray first that your love, that's the word agape or agape, may abound or superabound, literally means to overflow more and more in two things, real knowledge and all discernment. If you have an NIV, it reads, 
in knowledge. I pray that your love may abound in knowledge and depth of insight. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Just so you know, we have a free apologetic event coming up, and we would love it if you would join us. They're called 633, and that's based on Matthew 633. Pastor Michael invites special guests, professionals in their fields, to talk about hard topics that affect the culture. On July 17th, Dr. Craig Hawkins will be doing a talk on the origins of the Enneagram. Learn more when you visit walkintruth.com or download our free Living Truth app. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a longtime listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. You'll notice, here's his prayer. And I would tell you that this prayer may be a prayer that some of you have never prayed before. Some of this content here hopefully will inform the way you pray from this day forward. Take a look. And this I pray. Now, Paul's in prison He doesn't say, pray that I would get out of here. Of course, he deeply desires that. But here's what he's praying. He prays for them, and he says, I pray first that your love, that's the word agape or agape, may abound or superabound, literally means to overflow more and more in two things, real knowledge and all discernment. If you have an NIV, it reads, in knowledge, I pray that your love may abound in knowledge and depth of insight. So now Paul, as he begins to pray for this church that he loves so much, here's his prayer. Here's the apostle Paul showing us what his priority was in prayer. And he prays, first of all, that their love would grow richer and richer and richer and he, he uses a language that it would be flowing up to God and flowing out to others. It's this love, you know, it doesn't mention an object here. It just says that your love may abound. But the object is we can fill in the blank. We're told to love God with everything we are and we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. Jesus said, all men will know that you are my disciples if you Love one another. As I have loved you, so love one another. This will be your main witness. So it's only normal that the apostle would pray that your love would abound, overflow, up to God and out to others. Amen? This is his prayer. 
for an overflowing flood of love in your life. I don't know if you pray like that. I don't know if you have a prayer list and one of the first things that you pray for the top people on your list is that their love would super abound. That they would grow deeper and deeper in love that goes up to God and out to others. If you do pray that way, that's a wonderful biblical prayer. That it would super abound in quantity, quality. It would overflow more and more. It would grow richer and richer. And then the two things in knowledge and depth of insight. Let's take two the two ideas, I'm going to give you a couple of Greek words. The word for knowledge is epinosis. Now, many of you have heard that the Greek word for knowledge is gnosis. It's G-N-O-I, excuse me, G-N-O-S-I-S, gnosis. And then epi intensifies the word. So gnosis in Greek is knowledge. There's Some of you have heard about the Gnostic heresy, where they thought that you had to have some secret knowledge to be in the in-club. It's kind of where this idea comes from. But here the Greek word for knowledge that Paul uses is an intensified form of knowledge. And here's what scholars would say about it. The word speaks of full discernment and refers to knowledge which very powerfully influences the form of one's spiritual life. Epinosis refers, quoting another source, to advanced spiritual knowledge. One writer says, all 15 occurrences of epinosis in Paul's letters point to knowledge of God and of Christ. Some have argued that the word is almost a technical term for the decisive knowledge of God or the mental grasp of spiritual truth. Yet, they would say, yet it is understood that Christian knowledge carries with it a corresponding manner of life. Paul says, I pray that your love would superabound, and I pray that you would overflow in epinosis, in a deep knowledge of the deep things of God. I pray that you would go deeper and deeper and that your love would flow out higher and higher. This does not call for shallow sermonettes producing Christianettes. This calls for serious students of theology, Christology, but just to simplify it, people who will sit before the word of God and say, I want to go deeper because the more I know him, the more I love him. In the Christian life, Ignorance is not a virtue. If you are looking for the minimum to skate by, how sad it would be and how sad it is that we have fed the mentality in many evangelical churches of wanting to get people in and out. And we say things like this, well, you know, the modern mind can't handle over 20 minutes of information at one time. They will just, they will just combust. People all over your congregation, They'll be done. They'll be dust. Really? But they can go to the movies for three hours. Hmm. They can go to a ball game that will take probably all day to drive there. They'll put on the eye black. They'll put on the colors of their team. But don't preach over 25 minutes, preacher. Got people to see and things to do and 
You know, I didn't expect to come and hear the Bible. (laughs) And I'm literally quoting someone that a friend of mine talked to in this city who said, I I don't want to go to a church and hear the Bible taught for 45 minutes. (laughs) Woo! Well, okay. You can probably find it. I mean, if, if you don't want the Word of God, but anyway. Epinosis is the knowledge that comes to the Christian through the study of God's Word. It is knowledge that permeates speech, practical conduct, wise and skillful living. It permeates everything. And this is what Paul is praying for. He's saying, Lord, I pray that these people would abound in love, these people that I love so much, and that they would have such incredible depth of knowledge of you, the triune nature of God, the gospel, wisdom for living, how it affects your mouth and your moral life and your intellect and everything. I pray it would superabound. And that's why I asked the question, does this inform your prayers? It informs my prayers as a pastor. This is what I should be praying for the church. This is what I should be praying for you. Now, I know that you know, some of you are on the prayer chain and we get bombarded with so many different prayer requests, but I would challenge you to maybe start with a small prayer list and begin to pray that the Lord would do this in people's lives because this is what we need. Because what it will do is produce a depth of believer that won't be the shallow fickleness that we see out there that so often disappoints. But rather, it would be a person planted by streams of living water, bearing fruit in season, Psalm 1. This is Paul's intercession. And it's not unique. If you flip over to Colossians, which is the next book to your right, Colossians 1, just watch this once again in a prayer. Colossians 1, look at verse 9. Just a couple pages to your right. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, 1-9 of Colossians, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with what? The knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom. Here we have the, the same ideas and understanding. You've been listening to Discerning What is Best, part two on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Philippians 1, 7 through 11. And as always, if you missed any part of today's program, you can always listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. And here's a reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your donation helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. It's also part of how we're able to offer our 633 apologetic events for free. There's a lot of behind the scenes to help create this radio and podcast program too. So we're very grateful to our financial prayer partners. Seriously, thank you very much. Now, if you're a longtime listener of Walk in Truth, would you please consider becoming a monthly partner of at least $5 a month? Every bit helps, so please pray about it and then visit walkintruth.com to donate. And if you can't give right now, would you please become a prayer partner? No need to sign up for that. Just keep this ministry in your prayers. But if you can give a donation, please visit walkintruth.com today. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word before we go.
Well, as we talk about discerning what is best, maybe you are a person who every time you've taken a little step towards more commitment in the Lord, all hell is broken loose in your life, literally or figuratively. And you're like, oh, uh, you know, I'm trying to go deeper and now things seem to be amiss. Or maybe you even would think that somehow I'm going to lose myself in this. You know, when you lose yourself to Christ, you actually find who you truly are in him. If you lose your life, Crystal Lewis saying it years ago, you will gain it back, surely in the end. You know, you'll see what your maker actually made you for, and that is to be in relationship with him, to know him, to know the power of his resurrection, and even the fellowship of his sufferings, to know what it means to love him and love others, to serve him and serve others. This is how you truly find yourself. Don't be afraid to go deeper. Yes, there's some cost to going deeper. Uh, there's some things as you go deeper that the Lord will show you about yourself that can hurt a little bit. But once they're in the rearview mirror, you'll be grateful that you went deeper. You know, I don't know about you, but for me, I've never been the type of person that wanted to sit on the bench or kind of just be mediocre or, you know, have my walk be surface level. I know that's easy, but that's not the best. And here we are talking about what's good, better, and best right here in Philippians 1, 7 through 11. So how about, how about going deeper, growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ so you can be the best that you can be for Christ? I, th- I think that's what it's all about. He deserves our best. So help us, Lord, understand what is best. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Philippians 1, 7 through 11, called Discerning What is Best. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people. 